I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, before we get into today's show, I have a correction from last week. I said that Lori Harvey was Steve Harvey's daughter, and she is because he adopted her. But I was so confused how she was a product of him and it's because she's not it's his stepfather her stepfather so thank you to my friend Kristen for clearing that up for me I clearly did like a little bit of research and not enough to like it would have taken one extra click for me to learn that and I didn't do it I also wanted to tell you guys about the funniest special I got this week so I had made a Botox appointment as one does and I Right before my Botox appointment, I get this email from the place I go to. It's called Beverly Hills Wellness Center in West Palm. Shout out. Love them. And it was Gwyneth Paltrow advertising this Botox alternative, basically just another, you know how like Dysport is a form of Botox. So this one's called Zeomin. It's X-E-O-M-I-N. And she is the face of it. And they were running a really great deal on it. So I was like, hell yeah, give me the Gwyneth Paltrow Botox And I mean, so far, so good. And I got it for like $7 a unit instead of 10. So a steal, if you ask me, but it really got me thinking. And I was like, I wonder how much Gwen made off of this deal because you have JLo over here being like, I'm just not one of those people like Botox isn't like, I'm not one of those people, which is fine. You know, whether or not it's true, maybe it's true. And if it is, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. That's fine. It's not for everyone. But I love that little Miss Goop herself is out here being like, yes, I do inject myself with a neurotoxin. And yes, I will be the face of it and get multi-millions because I'm sure she is making bank off this deal. And it's it's kind of funny because what Zeoman, I'm sorry, I have no idea how to pronounce it, what it targets, advertises itself as is being a pure form of botulism so it doesn't have the added proteins that something like actual brand name Botox does and so the whole thing is Gwen is like I love it because it's pure like if you look at the site zeomanesthetic.com it says you had me at uniquely purified and then it has Gwyneth Paltrow's signature and it's a picture of her looking glowy and gorgeous as usual again I don't I just want to share that with you guys and um I have Kenzie on to do my little opening segment today. It's because there's a few topics that she really wanted to talk about. And I was like, let's get her on. Let's get her on the mic. First off, Kenzie, I wanted to talk about the fact that we were using monkey labor coconut milk for our dinner today. Oh, my God. Please don't. I feel so bad. (laughs) Have you guys heard about this? So big stores like Target and Walmart places like that have been taking this certain brand of coconut milk off the shelves because PETA went after them. They were, they're based in Thailand for using monkey labor to pick their coconuts. I don't, I don't know what to say. (laughs) One. Okay. This is terrible because I don't want the exploitation of animals. Obviously we are vegetarian. Well, vegetarians at home, pescatarians when we're out, um, I am a little impressed, though, that they have taught monkeys <laughs> to climb a coconut tree and get them coconuts. The thing is, I will say the monkeys are very sentient, and I know that they are our, you know, native cousins uh, in the evolutionary tree. 
Um, I don't support this. Um, I just, well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know say, what to say. What I was going to say is I don't know if they actually trained the monkeys to do this or if it's just or natural. If the monkeys are just thinking that they're picking some coconuts for themselves. And the next thing they know, it gets snatched away from them. And how <laughs> horrified are the vegans? Because, you know, a lot of vegans go by that thing that's like, I won't use anything that comes from animal labor which is why some of them won't eat use honey, honey. I, which is bullshit because honey is a nap like you don't I, have to tell eat me or probably any of the yes, listeners of this yeah, podcast like but coconut milk and if you if you refrain from eating honey that's fine T- teach, teach yeah whatever C- continue to do it but coconut milk I'm referring to the kind that this you know became an issue with is the kind in a can so it's the extra fatty not the Delicious. kind you get in a cart carton so don't worry it's a specific brand it's um anyways i just want to share that with you guys so we had that for dinner i come home and i go kenzie that's the monkey labor coconut milk well and i was like what <laughs> i'm sorry what all right we have to talk about downfalls high uh i told you guys I last week it. that i was gonna watch it and so right after the podcast we watched it we have to talk about how Lil Huddy's character is named Phoenix, but spelled F-E-N-I-X. What do you think the symbolism behind that is? I think it's um, Lil Huddy being like, I have young, uh, the youngest Gen X or the oldest millennial parents in this fictitious universe. And it's them being like, I want my son to have an original name. And so it's going to be Phoenix, but we're going to spell it like this. Okay. It's interesting. You got it from that direction. Cause I was just thinking this was MGK's creative decision. Maybe it, it was, but I was really building Gen X parents. I was really building the world. Well, you know how the joke is, I feel like for the older millennials and younger Gen Xers, but I think it's older millennials than anything. There was that, you know, there's those internet jokes of like, how the hell are white people nowadays spelling their kids' names? And it's like, oh, I wanted my kid to have, like, a, a unique name. But it's always millennials that, like, want to fucking put the weirdest, like, five L's. And, like, it, it's, like, borderline, like, copying Welsh. But I'm like, you don't know Welsh. It just looks like a bad name. Um but that's what I saw it as I was world building in here. Okay. And and to be fair, Sydney Sweeney's character is named Scarlet, which is I don't know, you know, maybe someone really related to Scarlet Letter in their high school reading class. Phoenix and Scarlet were the most like those are going to be the new hot names and not even just because of Downfalls High, but it's like, oh, they're like different. They're like indie sounding names. And I have a feeling that they're going to be on the up and coming, which really sucks because I love the name Phoenix. And I was like, I don't want to be one of those people that seems like I named a kid for Downfall's High. I don't think Downfall Highs was that watch. Okay, guys, just to recap, in case you didn't hear last week's episode, Downfall's High was pegged as being this unique musical experience it was starring Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria Chase Hudson slash Lil Huddy from TikTok and it was directed and written by Machine Gun Kelly co-directed by Travis Barker um co-written by Mod Sun just a lot of musical influence and I I had surmised last week that it was just going to be a big ad for machine gun kelly's music and i was right it was an extended music video 
that like pseudo had a plot line and I'm about to spoil it for you because I mean it this the plot is thin to be generous it's thin okay and it starts out you know Lil Huddy's kind of the outcast even though he looks like Lil Huddy so it's completely unrealistic and then Sydney Sweeney is the popular girl they start hanging out she thinks he's just like cute and unique they fall in love. She gets pregnant. She's about to go tell him she got pregnant. She gets in a car crash. She dies. He doesn't even get to know that she's pregnant until he sees her friend out with her purse. He's like, why do you have my dead ex-girlfriend's purse? Lo and behold, the peed on pregnancy stick is still in the bag. Oh, the piece de resistance. Before she tells Phoenix, Scarlet, you know, Scarlet tells Phoenix that she's pregnant, she buys this guitar this vintage guitar for him and decorates it and gives it to him because she's like you're a musician and like you deserve like you need to be a musician like your voice needs to be heard and then she's like I gotta go meet my friends I'm gonna come back here and yeah like we're gonna live happily ever after and then the car crash and then you know he goes on to start his little band with his high school friends and they pop off and the whole time you have MGK and Travis just slamming there's very weird musical interludes that don't seem to have much to do with the plot of the storyline but for example there's this one where machine gun kelly is kind of like a big operation the game you know where you cut into it's like a little heart and you yeah take, yeah yeah i'm not doing i liked that one though. That. no but uh, yeah it's it's it switches back and forth between machine gun kelly well i think it's like the idea of like he's getting operated on and this is i think just post scarlet and so it's like phoenix is heartbroken i really liked it because i actually it's a completely extended music video it's really neat because it it matches to me this kind of idea of like you know how there's you can have like themed albums so like the album will kind of tell a story throughout the entire all of the songs and i feel like that's very popular with like emo and like punk music and like it doesn't i don't really think the music themselves like tells the story but because of the way they did the music video like this and i think machine gun kelly having that weird like cut between him and then the plot it's very reminiscent of like early 2000s pop punk um music videos because i feel like if you look at a lot of blink 182 ones it'll be like them playing and you know like I was thinking of a simple plan with the Scooby-Doo yes, movie. Yes, exactly. Simple. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. That, that energy or like good Charlotte, like this idea where they're kind of in the theme, but they're kind of out of it as well. They're kind of like a narrator. And so it's in and out, in and out. Yeah. I was quite amused with it. Uh, my best friend was here last week and she watched it with us and she and Bailey didn't seem as amused. I was like, I'm vibing. I like this. I, I dig Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> it was 45 minutes of getting to look at him. Like, yeah. in his little, like, re- weirdly attractive ratty boy Ratty look. boy. One of them ratty boys. Yes. Uh, you know, Kinsey also was illuminating the concept of girls getting fridged. And in case you guys haven't heard of this concept... It apparently came about in the Green Lantern, right? Is when the yeah the Green Lantern comics, yeah. And it's this concept that a woman love interest or figure is killed off at the beginning of a story, movie, comic, and then her death is used as character development for the male and the complete plot propulsion. Like it's the reason why they like kind of go on their figurative quest, their hero's quest. Yes. So this 
this was very guilty of this. They fridged Sydney Sweeney's character so fucking fast. She didn't even know what hit her. She had freezer burn. <laughs> She was manic pixie dream girl that they're like, we got to get more than one trope in only 45 minutes. So yeah, we're, we're going fast on this. No time to waste. They really crammed it in there. Really crammed it in there. Okay, Kenzie, you're just on for this next segment. So All right. I hope you haven't gotten too attached because she's <laughs> about to hit the road, Jack. So our next article is, I know too much about this Disney love triangle now by Katya Vujic. Vujic? Katya Vujic. Gotta call Danny for that. Yeah, Danny Danny knows Russian. Uh, so Kinsey has been begging me for weeks to talk about this drama. So this is literally like why I had her on today's podcast. Because this is about the love triangle between Joshua Bassett, Olivia Rodrigo, and Sabrina Carpenter. Now, I've said on here before, High School Musical, the musical of the series that's on Disney Plus, is a masterpiece. I enjoyed every single moment of it. I loved all of the songs. It was just like reliving that beauty of watching High School Musical the first time around. And Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett play the leads and the love interests in High School Musical, the musical, the series. Kenzie, where do you want to start with this story? Oh, I mean, I guess we got to start with High School Musical, the musical, the series. Again, on Bailey's note, best best show on Disney+. Plus. I liked The Mandalorian. I, I still haven't watched the second season because I've been a lazy fan. High School Musical takes the cake. There's no better one on Disney+, Plus as far as a Disney Plus original. Um, so, yes, as we have, we have Olivia playing Nini, who is the Gabriella. We have Joshua playing Ricky, who is the Troy. And kind of the Troy because he's kind not of the, Troy. the jock. He's not really popular and he's a little bit more open about his love of music, I'd say. So it's not plot wise like I, it's not an identical storyline. No, but the the what we would assume are the equivalent. Story. Yeah, the parallels. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And it's interesting <laughs> at the start kind of looking at Nini and Ricky's relationship in High School Musical because I think it kind of mirrors Josh and Olivia's because even though Nini and Ricky are supposed to be together for a year, Ricky breaks up with Nini over the summer because Nini professes on Instagram. She sings in a song to him for their one year anniversary that she's in love with him. And Ricky is kind of going through the idea is kind of going through the emotional heartbreak that his parents, he's watching his parents get ready to file for a divorce. And he doesn't know emotionally how to respond to Nini. And so he's like, uh, I gotta go this summer. And so Nini's kind of like, fuck Ricky. You know what? I was so open to you and I laid my heart out for you. And what do you do? You just walked away. And then Ricky, as time goes on, is like, no, Nini, I do really care for you. And I, I just didn't know what to do. And like, I'm sorry, I haven't heard my parents say I love you to each other in two years. And like, they don't say it to me. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm 16 years old. It, that's why I think I liked it. It was a very realistic portrayal of confusion I of think. confusion like, yeah I don't have a healthy relationship to look to or the emotional depth to deal with this yeah and like you see Ricky the whole time because Ricky is kind of like no we're just gonna take a break over the summer and then like we'll come back in school and it'll be okay and he's like gung-ho he's like yeah I'm gonna get Nini back it's okay and she's like I moved on from you and so the entire thing is him trying to he goes into the musical to get Nini back um but it's interesting so in Joshua and Olivia's relationship Everyone thought that they were dating and they very well could have. It was never publicly confirmed, but there was a lot of like little flirty back and forths. 
you know, Instagram yeah, comments. Yeah, exactly. Likes. Exactly. I, um, perhaps she all, she deleted them from her Instagram. Perhaps he did the same. Maybe they did have pictures together. I did look through Olivia's Instagram. She has dated in the past another Disney Channel star, I think. His name was like Ian or whatever. I think he was on the first Disney Channel show that she was in. What and show like, was it? Uh, th- she was on this show called Bizarre Vark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it was that. it was actually a music show so it's funny so like that's Olivia the one freaking was Jake Paul was supposed to be on and then he got oh fired yeah because he comes up as a as a related search yeah. on Google for her <laughs> so it's interesting so she's clearly been open in the past about her relationships at least on social media so it's funny that Olivia and Josh are not together now the, oh and wait to give a little yeah. bit more background because I don't we meant to mention this that there's too much to mention I know there's a lot going on here <laughs> But they did a, they wrote a song together. So real life, Olivia and Joshua wrote a song together for their characters, Nini and Ricky to sing on High School Musical. It was called Just for a Moment. Should I like insert a little piece? Sure. It's It's, it's pretty catchy. It's a very High School Musical sounding song. I think Kenny Ortega would be proud. Oh, for sure. Um, Well, he works on it. Well, yes, but you know. (laughs) He is proud. (laughs) You know, like whatever. I fell in love with the only girl who knows what I'm about I fell in love with a boy and I can't tell if I fell out I want to talk about the age difference really quick Olivia and Josh are two years apart Josh was born in December of 2000 and Olivia was born in February of 2003 so we've so got, we got some a Pisces and a Sag. Ooh. No, he is December 22nd. Oh, so he's, he's a, a Cap- Capricorn. Hey, yo. And she's like first day of Pisces. Okay. Cap and um, Pisces. Still. So anyway, so I will say it's only, it's two years and two months between them. I've gotten a lot on TikTok about people being like, he didn't want to date a minor. And I'm like, they are two years apart. I know that the, I know that the whole minor thing is like different in each state to state, but I'm like, it is not like he was 24 and she was 13 like they are two years apart she's about to be 18 um and people are like well he wanted someone more emotionally mature or whatever I don't know but I'm like they are two years apart he just turned 20 and she's about to turn 18 yeah so this is where things get more it's, interesting it's interesting to me that people are taking issue with that with, with the age of all things and I, they were like oh because she and, and she just gets her driver's license and I was like well I mean whatever like she could have written this two years ago for all we know and then she put it out I think she wrote it over the summer Okay, so to get back to the timeline, though. Sorry. In May of 2020, fans noticed that they had stopped liking each other's photos on Instagram. So that's when people kind of thought that maybe there had been a breakup. And coincidentally, a few days later, she posted about getting her driver's license. And her caption was, so now I can drive around the suburbs alone and cry to miss you. I'm sorry, like a true American. And then... He premiered his song Anyone Else shortly after that, which people speculated were about was about her. And I listened to the lyrics. It's a pretty classic like, oh, I'm having to see you with someone else. I feel shitty about it. Nothing too revealing in the lyrics, I would say. Is he the guy who wanna hold you? I'll be here when you need me to make you feel beautiful in the morning. And then Right after this, Olivia shares an early version of Driver's License, which is the whole reason we're talking about this day. Driver's License, she released a few weeks ago. It blew the fuck up. It went to, like, number one on Billboard. Just it's, like, the most streams on Spotify. Yeah, it was, like, the most streams on, on non-holiday music on Spotify when it came out. 
Yeah. So it really popped off, to put it lightly. Now, it's interesting because when she had first done the little blurb of her song back last summer, like a little piece of it on Instagram, she referenced an older brunette girl. Right after that, like a month after that, Josh is pictured with Sabrina Carpenter. She became famous off of Girl Meets World, which is on Disney also. But then she went on to be more of a a pop star. I would say currently people would think of her as a pop star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had TikToks where they had on matching couples costumes. He was Shark Boy. She was Lava Girl. Again, it was never confirmed that they were actually together. But, you know, it was surmised. And then the lyric in driver's license was changed to and you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt she's so much older than me she's everything i'm insecure about you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt okay but we've already established at this point in our timeline that olivia started writing driver's license before the picture of josh and sabrina yes came out. yes and yes sabrina is older than she is sabrina is 21 she was born in may of 99 so um just to get everybody's ages out there so but i mean obviously there could have been a ton of people who were older than she is i don't i don't think other than the blonde girl i don't think there's anything too revealing about those statements right But then less than a week after driver's license, Josh releases Lie, Lie, Lie. And he says he wrote it about when he found out someone close to him had been lying about him behind his back for a long time. And the lyrics are kind of that kind of sounding. It's a little more dated sounding, I think. I don't think it sounds as like much like a 2020, 2021 boy pop song would sound. It's been, we've noticed lately, it's been really popular to kind of mirror that early 2000s. Early 2000s boy band sound, even in indie pop. Anyways, Mm -hmm. back to the lyrics of this. It's very kind of aggressive. It's like, you could lie, 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 go ahead and try, try, try. It won't work this time. Kiss your ass goodbye, bye, bye, bye. You're the victim. You're acting like everything's fine. Just like, you know, it's kind of goes in. Been lying to yourself. But there's no way, I mean, and I think it's been confirmed that he, he, oh yes, he first posted a demo of this song on his Instagram in November 2019. Yeah, because it was, was a different, way, it was a different name than Lie Lie Lie. And it was way before him and Olivia were even rumored to have broken up, dated, whatever. Yeah. So, but the timing of it just makes for incredible pop culture fodder because you're like, oh, it's like the dis you know, response. Yes. And then you have Sabrina Carpenter come out with her song Skin. And it's this line where she says, maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe blonde was the only rhyme that everyone was like, oh, holy The shit. other shoe just <laughs> dropped. Maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe blonde was the only rhyme. But again, the timing. You can't produce these songs. You can't. Like- you can't. It's impossible. And plus, other than blonde, other than blonde girl, honestly, too fucking vague. Too yes. vague. It's it's. That's why a pop song is great because you can read Applied as much or as little into it. And it's very easy to change one line like that. Just it's as so we've easy. established with Olivia changing brunette to blonde, you can do that shit easy in a. Pop I mean, song. we have producers for a reason. <laughs> like, come on. Okay, so I have a couple things I want to discuss with you. Yeah. First. Why do you think this has 
okay, people listening to this could be like, I don't give a shit. But the fact of the matter is this has captured the attention of a lot of hearts, a lot like of many ages, Gen Z, millennial, Gen X. Yeah. They've taken interest in this. Yeah. Why do you think? I think it's one kind of like, I think with everything going on, like it's a good thing to distract you because it's like, I feel like especially obviously here, January has been a fucking dumpster fire for us. And it's like, oh my God, teen drama. Like, ooh, do tell. And so I think it's a good, I think Olivia, I I will say, I I find myself humming driver's license all the time. I'm like red lights, stop signs. Yeah. I'm like, I'm singing it all the time. Do I think it's my favorite song? Absolutely not. I think it's very much it 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 it, it blends in perfectly with the time. Like yeah. I think it's not going to be one of the I think it'll be one of those songs that stands out because everyone's going to be like, "Oh, remembering what it is about it." But the sound itself, I was like, it's very Lord Taylor Swift indie in sad indie girl I'm sitting in my room playing with a keyboard kind of sound, which still I think is good. I listen to it, but I I, I don't think it's me- super memorable. But I think the fact that like, I don't know if it's just like people, I think people reminisce a lot on teen love. We seem to really be caught up with that in any form of show. If you look at like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times the most popular shows, like the, the ones or maybe because they're not good, they just get a lot of attention are like teen love shows and like that's always 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 been kind of this thing like this just everyone circulates around I think the idea of a first love because this is like she says like I've never felt this way for anyone and like I think because it's vague and like it could kind of be seen to anyone it's like oh because even if it's not your first love it's like I never felt this way for anyone else well clearly this is meant to kind of reach out to like that middle America every girl being like oh yeah. it's the suburbs and getting your driver's yeah. license is something everyone can relate to yeah but I, I have like that's another it. theory you go mine was mine is very basic my theory It's not even really a theory. It's just uh, a parallel again that this reminds me so much of the beef between Lindsay Lohan, Hilary Duff, and Aaron Carter. Yeah. And Chad Michael Murray, too. Yes. Because poor Lindsay and Hilary got stuck together. They, They because of fucking Aaron Carter and fucking Chad Michael Murray, like... Literally, everyone was like, oh, what's all this prop? Yeah, it definitely, it really mirrors I just that. remember being really so involved it. and, like, wanting to know about that love triangle. And I just think that this is the modern-day equivalent of that. Yeah. Even though in no world is Sabrina Carpenter as compelling as a Lindsay Lohan, but we'll give it to her. <laughs> I also have to say, like, maybe I this is terrible to say, but to me, there's no choice. If we're going, like, looks-wise and, like, voice-wise – Olivia is the clear choice and not to be team brunette, but like team brunette. And also on that note, I feel like I would be like so in love with Joshua Bassett. Like he probably would have been like the Seth Cohen, like, yeah, he has that very much boy next door charm to him. Yeah. He gives off Seth Cohen vibes. And I just, I I would die for Seth Cohen. I know. Well, I mean, really do long live Seth Cohen though. Yeah. So that's my theory is that people are just grasping for that that kind of feeling that you get from that really salacious is the wrong word, but just juicy teenage love triangle. Yeah, yeah. That we haven't had in a while. Mm-mm. And I think this younger generation hadn't got to experience it yet. And we haven't had it in like especially in a sense of like actually 
like teenagers to very young adults. Yeah. Like these are, like I said, Olivia's about to be 18 and Sabrina is the oldest and she's 21. Like we have that. Yeah. Perfect. And also I think because it's, it, they're, they are perfect Gen Zers. Like it's it yeah. kind of grapple. Like, I don't know. It's just the perfect storm. And Kinsey and I were also talking about that, that feeling when you listen to these songs like this and everyone's like, Oh, I know exactly how this feels. Like I had this love and we're kind of like, we never had this love, like dog. Like, we didn't literally, kiss someone to like college. So I'm like, y'all so are y'all are so dumb. <laughs> like y'all are so dumb. Also, I'm sorry, but like, did he teach her? Like, supposedly, if we're going on the idea, I've read the theory that like supposedly Josh taught. I think helped teach um, Olivia to drive. Uh, you can't fucking do that because you gotta be 21 if someone's a 15 year old like to teach them at maybe least there's a different law maybe yeah, yeah. Different at states least have different yeah laws you are right that. I guess that's it but like yeah here that shit would not fly in Florida because you can't be you have to be 21 in order to teach someone with a permit um well, but guys, I could talk about this for a lot longer. Again, I could this really is like go into old the... news at this point. This really came out a couple weeks ago, and I put off talking about it. But now that it. skin is out, I think yeah. it's finally, you know, we have Full all circle. three sides of the triangle. We are no longer, maybe now this can be put to bed. But you know who all wins here is all of them because the press this has gotten them all. That's the thing. All of this was so orchestrated. Like originally, I don't think it was orchestrated. But once people like once Josh's team and uh, Sabrina's team realized they could piggyback off the success of Olivia's song, they jumped. And I mean, hats off to them because they really took the moment and they ran they sprinted to get that coin so the only thing I do have to say though is like I feel in some way I feel that I've definitely seen a lot of Olivia support and while that's valid I guess like because her feelings are valid I don't understand why there's really ever a side to take here because it these aren't rumors of cheating or of you know like fucking someone over like it's just like yeah we were together and now we're not and I'm sad and like now everyone's gonna make a big deal out of it I don't know like it is funny that I feel I feel like I've seen a lot of Olivia support yeah well she was the first and her song's objectively her song is the best yeah that's it so all right moving on and Kenzie you can stay on the mic but I'm I'm just gonna try to close this puppy out because we're already at 30 minutes so next up though I know you'll also appreciate this Mm -hmm. advice from bling empire's most mysterious billionaire by Sanjita Singh Kurtz now Kenzie and I binged the fuck out of bling empire it's on Netflix it follows wealthy Asians in LA again I'm say Asians because they come from multiple different backgrounds. You have Vietnamese, you have Singaporean, Chinese, Japanese, and Russian, Mm -hmm. Korean. Yeah. So you have so many different ones and they're all just stupid rich. They throw like insane parties. It was filmed back in 2019. So people could still throw parties. I don't know why they were sitting on this amazing footage, but I'm glad they let us have it now. But my favorite character in the whole thing really was Anna Shay and she's a little bit older. I don't do you think she's in her 60s? Maybe, I don't know. I would she, guess she's in her 60s, early mm-hmm. 60s maybe. Yeah, I could see that. And she is just incredible. She takes this girl Kelly to Paris for 
just her birthday or just for fun her birthday i think for her birthday yeah so she takes her there her stupid boyfriend comes and now her boyfriend is by far the villain of the season he played the red power ranger and who knows what reboot and he thinks he is hot shit and he's literally deranged like so so deranged like he comes across as so manipulative and controlling and psychotic that it's kind of scary. And Anna Shay just gives like the best advice and she's in her confessionals. She's like, no dick is that good, honey. And you're just like, preach, preach Anna Shay. And throughout the show, I just think she has such like good little sound bites. She's so wise. She treats people with respect but if you fuck with her like she will fuck with you back and she does not let it die like the prank she pulls on this other girl christine incredible oh the commitment i think the best thing about anna shea is yeah anna shea is fucking loaded like they all are she's fucking loaded but she's like i don't yeah she comes from weapon money and her dad yeah because her dad's russian and her mom's japanese so she's one of the only ones that's half asian well, I mean, at least maybe her dad no, I think was her Russian. Dad, no. Maybe her dad was Siberian Asian. No, no, no. Or Siberian her dad Russian. was Japanese and her mom was Russian. Oh, Japanese. I thought it was the other way. No, I did. Oh, it was, it was sorry. Oh, okay, never mind. But <laughs> she's one of those people that's literally like, I know I have money, so like I don't, I don't need to be as like act almost as like nouveau riche as some of these people do. And that's the thing is that she was very. Or I'm sorry, I don't even know if he was, his name was Edward Shea. And then it says he has a Japanese, Russian, American wife. So he might have just been American. So we were both wrong. I don't know. The, the way they introduced Anna is that she's Russian and Japanese. No, I know. I'm just telling you that that came from her mom. And mm-hmm. I think Edward Shea is just American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she, she's, she's got weapons. So she's really, really loaded. Yeah. Um. So Sanjita got the opportunity to speak with her. She says that she called her up to see if she could give her some insights. And Sanjita says her cell reception was spotty, possibly because she's holed up in the Beverly Hills mansion she recently purchased from Dr. Phil's son, who decorated it in homage homage to Tim Burton. I didn't get a chance to ask her about the home or the penis pump thrown from what I presume was one of its windows in episode two, but I did get a few tips on skin fashion and what to do with rude party guests. Okay. So this is fascinating to me because I should have looked this up, but Dr. Phil's son is married currently to Morgan Stewart. Um, from she was on E she was on rich kids of Beverly Hills. She's married to Dr. Phil's son. So I'm like, wait, was this Morgan Stewart's husband's previous home? That's just a weird connection. I don't know. Hollywood's a small place, I guess. So I just loved her answers. Because, again, it's like Kenzie says, like, she's so loaded that she doesn't feel the need to dwell on it. It's like she's yeah. she's over the top and, like, kind she's, of tacky with her money. But she spends a shit ton of not, money. But it's not, like. she values, I would say. Yeah, I think she's, like, it's just money. Like, yeah. I spend it because I've got it. So Sanjita asks her what she does on the weekends. And she says, well, that would depend really on how one feels. It's different with COVID. But sometimes my friends and I go shopping at Target. Sometimes they want to go to the shooting range. After, we might go to the flower market or a restaurant. And I'm like, hot damn, that sounds like my Wednesday night. I mean, minus the shooting range, I'm scared of guns. But, you know, I'm like, okay, we're living the Anna Shea lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> and then... One of my other favorite things is that Sanjita asks her if she had any tips for dealing with rude guests. 
And she says, like, this advice is just golden. Like, guys, take this in and write it down. Just invite your best friends so they can block. This is not my mother's advice. This is me. Why did I move Christine in episode one? Because I was hosting and didn't have the time to deal with her. I saw where she was and knew she would not get along with the people next to her because she asks unnecessary questions. And I said to my best friend, Maria, help, help. And so Maria just small talked with her. Your best friend will always have your back or your husband, but he has to help host. So, I mean, honestly, having like a sister, your best friend to just deal with like annoying shit. I mean, I'm sorry if I ever do that to you guys, but no, it's fine. <laughs> I never have rude guests at my parties. No, we, we're very picky about our guests. So but you no. never know if in the future they could that could arise. Well, uh, the, the, the only reason that you don't know about that is because you're like, if you say to other people, you can bring guests. Yeah. That's where things start to go. Oh, down and I always say that people can bring guests. Like, yeah, the to, more the merrier. But I guess my friends just have good taste. Anyways, and then Sanjita asks her, what perfume do you wear? And she says, right now I'm using a rose oil called Caroline. I will send it. I will, wait, she says, I will send it just to you. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a very Anna sentence. And that is so sweet, guys. Just remind me to ask Sanjita if Anna actually sends her that oil. And then lastly... Anna says that she uses Vaseline on her face, and I do that too. They call it slugging on TikTok and act like it's this new trend. But y'all, I did that out of necessity in the cold New Hampshire winters. And here we are. It's like the trend now. But I do recommend it if you are Sahara Desert dry like my face is. Last article of the day. Jojo Siwa is the happiest she's ever been since coming out by Claire Lampin. Now, this story gives me the warm fuzzies like the Ana de Armas cut out in the trash can did. I am just so impressed by JoJo. You've seen JoJo because she is the one with the tight hair with the big bow. She got her start in Dance Moms and really then became an empire of force. I mean, this girl, her merchandising just look next time you go to a Target or a Walmart. You cannot avoid seeing Jojo Siwa merch. She has a car that's wrapped with a picture of her face. And she just has a really great energy. And she seems so sweet and like doesn't take herself too seriously. People say that she dresses like way too young considering she's 17. But I'm like, maybe she just dresses like maybe kind of appropriately. You know, like she doesn't need to be sexed up. She is 17, you know. So I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> And she came out as gay and she says she's the happiest she's ever been since coming out as part of the LBGTQ plus community. And in an Instagram live, she says she's received the most endless amount of love and support. And she says she's been happy in this land for a minute now. And now that I get to share that with the world, it's just awesome. And people were surmising that she was going to come out. I kept seeing this. Everyone was like so excited because her cousin, I think, was the one who posted it. Uh, a TikTok of her dancing and lip syncing to Born This Way. And it was kind of insinuating that maybe she was coming out. And then soon after that was released, it said she she posted um, and it, a tweet. And it said, my cousin got me a new shirt. And it says, best cake cousin ever. And that's how everyone knew. So I just thought that was a very happy, cute story. All the love to JoJo. And now we are at our legit shit for the day. We have range on this show, guys. I can talk about fashion. I can talk about jewelry. And this week, you're getting my chef's kiss submarine sauce. <laughs> it's the Beano's original submarine dressing. And my guilty pleasure is ordering a veggie sub and 
Parmesan rosemary bread from Jersey Mike's and then slathering my Beano's original submarine dressing that I get from Publix on it. And if you haven't experienced this, um, I'm just saying there's a link in the show notes and you can get it off Amazon and you can get a four pack for like 12 bucks and you can report back. Bailey is so serious about this. She has a little Beano's at work. Yes. In I- case she orders sandwiches at no, work. No, I put it on salads, too. The it's salads amazing. is really good. I really, yeah. It's just the best. Mm. It's so, so good. If you like a little vinegar, oil, herby mixture. Mix. All right, guys. Thank you, Kenzie, for joining us Thank today. you for having me. And I will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>